This is Guy Sedell, bringing you stories from people with dirt. Stories from the good, the shady, the honorable, and the bastards. I bring to you the Dirt Pod Podcast. Because we can agree metal sucks shit. Fuck you. Welcome to Guy Sedale's Dirt Pod Podcast, Episode 6. We had so much fun uh, during Episode 5 that I brought my buddies Alan and Marcus back, and we're going to do a sequel to last week's uh, music talk. Speaking of music, uh, Friday night I went and saw the Amy Winehouse documentary, and holy holy cow, that was it was great. You have to look for it. You have to find find where it's playing. It's playing at Broadway here in Salt Lake. Yeah. Because it's, it's like an indie movie, kind of. Right. It's not going to be playing at the Megaplex, but wow, that woman was crazy I, I, on good and bad levels. Like, she was so talented. I've been a fan of hers forever. She was fantastic. I mean, she, when she was good, she was, she was fantastic. I mean, that's fair to say. Yeah. Even Tony Bennett said in there, she's as good as Etta James or anybody. So, yeah, she's wow. unbelievable. But the, but the documentary was done very well because... Uh, she she came to fame in the era in the era where, where everybody had camera phones, like her crew and everything. So most of it is like footage of her hmm. backstage, at home, in clubs, whatever. Uh, very very little of it's narrative. It's mostly hmm. actual footage of her. It's it's, re- it's really cool. So go check that out. It's- yeah, I saw the guy who who was the uh, I guess he was the producer or whoever he was of the show. Uh, he was on a news channel the other day and doing an interview, and he was basically saying he was never a fan of hers until. He did this project and was just amazed mm-hmm. by yeah. how truly talented she was. Oh, it was unbelievable. And then I think about it because, like, she's she's at the Grammys or whatever, just singing like this 1940s jazz singer, and she's just amazing. And then I'm like, she's 23. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, well, and they would literally a guy would go in and, and start doing beats and doing the music and doing whatever, and and she would just walk in, pair of shorts, and just start doing things and singing and not have anything prepared and just come up with yeah. stuff. And she wrote, she wrote her own, she wasn't like, because a lot of people, she got lumped in with the, the train wreck pop stars, the Britneys, the blah, 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 blah. She's not that. She's not a pop singer. She's a jazz singer. She was not, she's not Katy Perry. She's on this whole other level. And that that begs to the question then, does the people who are on the whole other level, are they on the whole other level because of that personality yeah. that is drawn? Like is Jim, would it, you know, you, you asked that, would have Jim Morrison been Jim Morrison if he hadn't been on every drug all the time? Right, and if Amy Winehouse was the clean-cut girl next door, she probably wouldn't be. Yeah, she right. There's, a, there's some, and especially in jazz, you look back at the jazz people and you're like, every one of them was like, oh, they were fantastic because of heroin. Or yeah. like, like not because of <laughs> bands, it. They were talented. Well, but... bands suck when they get sober anyway. Right. Look at Aerosmith. They went from back in the saddle to don't want to close my eyes. Well, now he's doing a country album. Yeah, so he's back on yeah. drugs for yeah, sure. He's back oh, on yeah, drugs. Yeah. He's clearly relapsed. Yeah, he's... <laughs> I barely I barely watched that video today, the Steven Tyler uh country video. It's it's not terrible. Like the song isn't terrible, but I just know what Steven Tyler I'm like that guy, you're not country. I'm not uh, no, you're it. supposed to call him Caitlin now. Yeah, I was gonna, <laughs> I was gonna say he's he's your grandma now. Yeah, he's yeah. he's he's like he's terrifying. That's that's the thing. Like, hey, my career's kind of shitting, so I think I'm gonna start a country career. Okay, here's Steven Tyler's wasn't terrible. Like, I watched it with an open mind. Brett Michaels, wow. What do you mean? He's doing Overstock.com commercials now. <laughs> I mean, he's, yeah, he's 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 selling his CD. He's he's gone yeah. from from Poison to well his own thing to country to then he sold dog clothes. Yeah, he still has a line at Pet. Does Smart. he still have the dog clothes? Yeah. And now he's uh, the pitchman for Overstock.com. His... Are they are they called Pet Michaels? Pet... <laughs> I'm not Damn sure it. what they're called. They should be. They should have been. Yeah. <laughs> they, his his country songs the worst thing I've ever heard. Like I went in with an open mind because like with Steven Tyler I was like ah, it's catchy I get it. Brett Michaels is just terrible. It's like girls on bars like boys with burr. And it's just the it's, it's called Did girls on bars. Boys with birds? Burr, burr, <laughs> Think about it is, though. Think about it. It's like they all did country songs along. I mean, Every Rose Has Its Thorn was a country yeah, song. that was just, more country. Just, just write that again. And Aerosmith you're... makes a lot of sense to me, too, because he always had that like little Absolutely. Sl- it was a southern twang to what yeah. they did. Yeah, I, I get it. Like, I can see how but, it crossover. Yeah. And but, it's better than anything that's on the country radio now, because I don't know. I'm, 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 not a lot of people know this. I'm a big country music fan. Go on. But 
the country music that they play on the radio now is the worst thing. It's bro country. All you got to do is mention a truck, mention an old-time country artist, uh, a, a brand of liquor, and then a dirt road. You just got back. Damn, girl, short shorts. Dirt yeah. road Slide on over shorts. here. Yep. Do you remember that video I posted and I, I, I about the, the guy who oh, took Oh, how they're the all five, the same song. He took five country songs. Did you see this? No. He took five country songs and he put them in Pro Tools or whatever. And he basically lets one track play until the second track, and then he shows how every one of them is literally the same song, the yeah. same progression, the same key, yep. the same this. They're as interchangeable as anything. And uh, it, it, it really is. And, I mean, you could say that, that every, every rap song nowadays is the same thing or every this. It's not just country. But, but it's, it's true. But, but it's really Country goes country. to another level. There's a yeah. video out there. If you're listening... Open another screen, open YouTube and uh, Google or YouTube. There's a, a clip called Why Country Music Sucked in 2013. Yeah. And yeah. it just says trucks. And then it has like a bunch of country artists. Oh, my, going, truck. my truck. My truck. My, my truck. truck. My truck. My truck. My says, truck. And then they have to say girl. 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 Hey, girl. Yeah. It's so funny. It's awful. Yeah. How, how they're all just the exact same thing. The last country song I remember hitting was Picture. By Kid Rock and Cheryl Crow, who are neither country artists, but that was the most country song I've ever heard. I don't like it, but yeah. And now Taylor Swift is is not even. I mean, she's she's the biggest country artist, but she's not a country artist. She jumped now. ship. She she's doesn't done. even. She doesn't even have anything to do with the country. She didn't go to like the country music awards or anything. That's so. Is is that the first pop country crossover? <laughs> From country to pop? To pop? I oh, mean, to oh no. Well, not okay, you could say Shania Twain or Faith Hill or any they of those. They still had country on the still kind of, Was there ever somebody who just jumped ship completely and said, no more, I'm a pop artist, I'm putting out a pop album? On a very smaller scale, there's a band called Exile. Well, they went from pop to country. I wow, them. Exile? Yeah. I want to kiss you, you all over. See, yeah. and I'm going through all of them in my head. I mean, there's a bunch of people who've fallen back. Darius Rucker fell back onto country. Yeah. Jessica Simpson fell back Darius onto country. Darius Rucker had a huge... A huge success with it, though. He didn't just try out country. Well, he was he's a, selling stadiums now as a country. Well, artist. he's a southern. I mean, he ha he always had that draw. Well, it wasn't Hootie that. and the Blowfish, really. If you just go listen to it, if, pretty well, much today. If you if that if that was released today, it would have been a number one country album. Hold on, yeah. You look at you look at so many artists that Absolutely. were that were rock the Eagles, uh, Bruce. Uh, no, not Bruce, but uh, Bob Seger. Bob's yeah, they were full on country artists. They right. always yeah. were. Yeah, and then now country artists are rock. Because if you, if you look at them from an aesthetic point of view, they got long hair. They got like the spiky Papa Roach hair. Um, they're getting tattoos now. Uh, or or they're or they're aping hip hop, and they're yes, they're, they have they have hip hop in country now. Which right. Is, I mean, it's uh, it's it's crazy how how country has kind of absorbed every culture. It's absorbed that kind of like you said, bro rock. You know, uh, the that look. As well as hip hop, as well as I mean, it's crazy. There's there's a lot of parallels. I've always said this. I don't think I don't think there should be hip hop in country, but the, the two there's a lot of parallels because country started as these backwoods dudes, and other people didn't get it, so they're like country sucks, and then it hit mainstream, and now everybody's like, oh, I get, okay, now I get it. Same thing with rap. Rap was singing about what they knew, the streets, the this that, and, and nobody else liked it, and then it caught on, and it, then it got bastardized into what. The so so here's my question then: You go back to the beginning of, I guess you'd say rock. Okay. Okay. So go back to. Uh, I mean, well, and, I'm, and I'm going how back far to. Back? I'm just going back to to Elvis. Okay. I'm going back to Johnny Cash. I'm going back to these guys that were <laughs> Sun country Records. guys, all, Sun Records guys, but were considered because I guess they did a more of a jinka 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 instead of the doom 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 doom. Jerry Lee Lewis. They were they were considered the the beginning of rock. Right. And they were really. Country dudes. Country dudes. Right. So it's it's so connected at the roots of it, I think, that it's just, it, it has to be crossing over either way all the time. It's if, You know what I mean? Yeah. If you, I mean, if you trace it all back, everything's blues. Everything, yeah. all music goes back to blues, and blues goes back to slavery. Right. Because it was, I mean, it was all the, the if you listen to the chords and the doom, ba, doom, ba, ba, it turned into ba, ba, da, ba, 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 or it turned into bear, ba, dinger, ba, darm, ba, darm. It depends on the ending to it. It does. Wait, what was that last one? Ba, darm, ba, dinger, ba, darm, ba, Oh, yeah. That one's the shit. The first album I can ever think of that totally shed the blues, that like had no blues in it, was British Steel by Judas Priest. Because even Sabbath was bluesy, as heavy as they were. Mm -hmm. right. Zeppelin stole everything from the blues guys. Their, their whole catalog's blues riff. 
the first album I can think of that didn't have blues, I think Scott Ian mentioned this in a documentary somewhere, was British Steel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and there's no... There's I was just no... listening to that on the way over here. Really? Yeah. Oh, it's such a good record. It's a great record. It's, a, it's, it's one of those where you go, wow, really? Yeah. You know what's cool, too, is uh, you know the song Metal Gods? And you know, I know we're good talking about country and blues. So, so I'm just listening to this on the way over here. I hear Metal Gods, and I'm hearing the, you know, marching in the streets. And you hear the, <laughs> and you hear the marching. We talked to uh, Rob Halford on our show one time, and he explained how they made that sound. And I was like, okay, this is going to be awesome. He goes, yeah, we were at uh, Ringo Starr's house. <laughs> and we were in the kitchen, and we grabbed a box full of forks and knives and spoons, and <laughs> that's how they made the sound of the marching in the streets on doing, Metal Gods. They were doing Foley artist stuff? Yes, they were Foley artists. That's Ringo, how they made... Can I, can I borrow some of your flatware? Hey, <laughs> Ringo! I, I got... What is it? What is it? I've got some forks in the box. <laughs> use, me, use me plastic ones. I can't afford the big ones. Got... Just as long as you do with peace and love. <laughs> peace and love. Ringo Starr had the creepiest song ever. I thought about this. It came on the radio. One of his one of his hits post Beatles was a song called uh, "You're 16, You're, you're beautiful, beautiful yeah. and you're mine." I'm like, he, you're 35 <laughs> when that song was written. That's that's creepy. There's a lot of songs like that though that you look back now and kiss Christine 16, you're 16, all the you know she's sexy and 17, Winger. 17, and it's just like you go, really? My girl- how's that ever passed anything? My girlfriend's 70s. seven. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah. We were born too late, is that what you're saying? <laughs> well, I mean, but if you really think about it, I mean, you know, and this is a whole other thing, but it's like there's there's a reason why everything sucks nowadays, and it's because everybody gets an opinion. Everything's so PC that you Every, cannot go there. In the 70s there. or the 80s, you know, it was like you had Cop Killer. You had Marilyn Manson, and you'd get one mom. You have It would be, have to be Tipper Gore had to get pissed. Somebody's high up's wife had to get pissed enough to have the, the a few people come and talk to the Senate. But now, one person, and it doesn't matter what it is. Somebody uh, has to send name? a tweet. Ariana Grande says that she she hates America. I come on, you know what she's saying? She's not saying I hate America. So calm the hell down. But then everybody gets would you, online. Would you eat a donut? Thing. She looked. Uh, I'm would, just asking. I'm just asking. Eat, I would eat her donut. You. Would. <laughs> <laughs> I guess there's your answer. Okay. All wait, right. Wait, I don't know who exactly who she is. How old is Ariana Grande? Now, what if she licked your Bismarck? Enough. <laughs> you're, you're fine. I, but the point is... Your maple bar. It, but the point is that everybody has... Everybody gets an opinion. So if a thousand angry housewives get on their Twitters and hashtag boycott this person, then your mm-hmm. record company goes, hey, you can't do that and you can't be edgy and you, everybody has to be... It, and, it just and it's effective sucks. now. because In the 80s, Tipper Gore was like, we need warning labels on all the CDs and all the tapes and all the records. We need warning labels to let people know that this, this record has profanity. And that backfired so hard because as soon as a CD or tape or whatever had that parental advisory sticker, you, all about you it. wanted it. You bought it. it. Ten, bought yeah. it. Everybody bought it. Yes. I, I remember going with my older neighbor across the street to Valley Fair Mall to buy the Body Count album because of the controversy. It was a terrible fucking album. Uh, Cop Killer was a pretty cool song. It, but it, but okay. But but in the in the pantheon of 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 metal, metal and punk. Right. It didn't rate anywhere near any of it. It was derivative. It was what it was. It was, uh, but it, it's only stood the test of time because of its controversy. Did you know Body Count is still a thing? When you leave here, there's a song, and it's it's a kick-ass song. It's called Bitch in the Pit. <laughs> and it's, it's about a chick. It's about a chick in the mosh pit, like, kicking ass. And it's like, there's a bitch in the pit. That's the chorus, and it's it's, like, tough. Like, I got pumped. I'm like, this is a 60-year-old rapper singing this. Why am I excited? Ice-T has played a cop longer than he played a gangster <laughs> at this point. And I'm that's not... pretty much all he did. Yeah, that's true. So here's my question, though. So you bring up an interesting point to me. You go back to the, the guys who were the, the gatekeepers, the, 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 the music guys, you know, the guys who, who, who brought bands, the A&R guys that would go find bands and bring them, give them record deals, the whole thing. Back in the day when record companies existed and that whole thing happened. So now you have, do you think they, do you think there were all these people that, that would have protested, that would have been upset if they had a Twitter account, if they had a Facebook, if they had, but these guys were the only guys in charge who decided who was going to be 
your rock stars, your pop stars, your everything stars. And now, as soon as somebody comes up with something that's controversial, new, different, like you're saying, you have so many people going after them, freaking out, uh, deciding, nope, we don't like this. And bam, before they can ever become anything like any of these guys ever were, it's done. It's over. Imagine, imagine if the shot of of Ozzy Osbourne biting the head off the the had had gone viral. Yeah. Imagine if the story of Alice Cooper throwing a bird in PETA would have been on it the sure. next day. They would have shut down his concerts. He would have been. He would have had to go on. They will Fox out the podium and, news, and he right. They would have had. So, I'm so sorry. I've never meant to be cruel. And all of that mystique would have been lost. Yeah. You would have seen behind. Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. I don't want. <laughs> I love that Alice Cooper talks about Alice Cooper in the third person because he gets to separate who it is. Why can't you? Yeah. And if that mystique had been broken, you know, it, it's amazing to me that, that, that moms haven't come out and said, listen, my son saw David Blaine stick a knife through his hand, so I demand that the magic trick be shown so that the kids today, you can't remove the mystique from everything. You can't take everything away from the artist and the performer. A perfect example of what you were just saying is Bieber. Bieber is, an, he was a 19-year-old kid with $200 million. He got caught smoking weed. He got caught racing Lamborghinis. He got caught banging strippers. He was doing Wait, all- what? When was that? <laughs> he was doing Tuesday. all- Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Earlier this morning. He got caught doing all the same shit Motley Crue did, but when Motley Crue did it, they were badasses. Right. He just happens to, everybody has a, a picture now. And could, you, could you imagine, could you imagine if- Take any one of the guys, Timberlake, uh, Bieber, any one of these clean-cut pop stars did a full-on, not a mock parody, but a full-on girls, girls, girls strip club type video where the, the objectification of women that he is illustrating is the only way he views, it never would have flown. Not in a thousand years. Maybe, maybe not. I was at the gym the other day, and it was like hip-hop hour uh-huh. or something on the on the video channel. Mm-hmm. And I'm watching it going like, this is barely not porn. Well, video hose, that's, <laughs> a, that's a different thing. Okay, but you bring up something very interesting, because this whole thing started out with country and rock. And rock. Okay. okay, so you go to the, the hip-hop video hose. Yes, and you're right. On the boat, shaking, the, the champagne running down the crack, wherever, whatever yep. it is. Go watch country videos. Go watch a Joe Nichols oh, uh, yeah. tequila makes my clothes fall off video. They're in the pool and it's they just, just got that's cut off jeans. all it is. All and every ludicrous. video yeah, is literally, video. yeah, right. it's it's all exactly what every uh, rat video and every warrant video. But whatever happened, and I don't know, like you said, if it was Tipper Gore or whatever it was, changed all that. That oh, we can't do that anymore. But we'll mm-hmm. still do it with these, and we'll, we're still doing it. And we're still doing rock music, but we call it country now. But we and we still have the same girls in the videos, but we call it country well, now. And you can't you can't go because country has this thing. Oh, we're we're down home uh, country people. This is just our, yeah. our thing. But in rap, people don't dare go after that because then you're a racist. Yeah, because it's right. cultural at that. Yeah, point. right. Yeah, so. It's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, it's very interesting. Because but you go after the white bread, long hair guy from from Chicago guy. that's in a rock band, and it's like, no, you don't you don't have any leg to stand on. We'll just cut them off, and you're done. But that cultural thing can also be said about the South. You can go, it's a country thing, man. That's how we right. do things. It's country. And that's the heart you, of our country. You, you can't go. Eh, it's a you know, it's a Wausau, Wisconsin thing. You know, it's that's just how we do things in Des Moines. Yeah, it's a it's a L.A. It's a it's a Sunset Strip thing. Okay. Who cares? Yeah, you never. Yeah. yeah, it wouldn't fly. Yep, too middle of the road. Rock so music. does it? So in order to get away with something, does it because does it have to be cultural now? Because you can't, you know. Oh, I'm doing it because because it's cultural. Then I can be excessive. Eesh. I think I think you, I don't I think I don't think people necessarily do it with that in mind, but I think people know they can get away with a lot more if it's a cultural thing. Right. So, like, okay, say for instance, uh, you know, any cultural thing. It doesn't have to be black. It doesn't have to be white. Uh, you go to a gay pride parade, and there's a float full of dudes wearing socks on their dicks. Mm-hmm. And that would not fly any other day. You can't complain. They're out there. There's kids. There's people. There's guys out there going woo, and they're but and you can't say anything because why? Then you're homophobe because it's cultural. So is that is is that what we're hiding behind? I mean, is that really what it is anymore? That if we want to find something to be excessive about, we have to find it within some sort of cultural loophole, or we all have to toe the line. As long as you're, as long as you're uh, if you're a heterosexual white person, you can't do anything. You can't do anything. Okay. Yeah. That's pretty. There you go. Where it goes. All right. So uh, luckily, I'm gay and brown. 
<laughs> wait, wait, what? <laughs> Did I forget to tell you guys? I didn't even know. That's I'm, that's. Uh, I guess we're supposed to say congratulations. Yeah, <laughs> that's my new angle now. There you go. Tell, I'm gonna tell chicks I'm gay. You'll you'll get laid so much. Yeah, you do. <laughs> They'll be like, really? The- I've never been with a gay guy. I, yeah. Nobody would believe it because to be to because gay dudes are either the the big burly bear or the petite pretty guy, and I'm not either of those things. I'm not petite or pretty or big. I'm hairy. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> I, I'm a little bit. How do you look with oil? Uh, I, I don't know. Ask me tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got a question for you guys. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I I am a big like I'm a big metalhead. That's my thing is metal. But I listen to more guilty pleasure music than anything. Right. What is your biggest guilty pleasure? Like, wh- who's your who's your Alan? Who's your number one like person you wow love that you aren't necessarily proud of? That I'm not proud of? Proud of, or that you don't speak about? Nobody goes around bragging that they love Cheryl Crow or whoever. I I have a bunch. Mm, I'm trying to think who. I mean, I like a lot of different different music styles. I mean, Diana yeah. Crawl, you know, like piano, smoky, smoky guilty, voice, piano. I mean, that's what I'm saying. It's like, that's yeah. what I'm saying. I don't, I don't think I'm ashamed of anything that I listen to. I mean, I'll put on... You know Duran Duran and listen to it and be like, right. "Damn, this is good." You know, this is this was this was good music. Duran Duran was great. Okay, yeah, so maybe- and you go back to you know Last Chance on the Stairway and that you know the whole you know Rio and that 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 album. Yeah. it's like listen to that thing from beginning to end. Maybe it's just for me, but it's just like, wow, this is cool. No, they were great. My big thing, my big guilty pleasure is yacht rock. And those of you that don't know what yacht rock is, uh. it's that late seventies, early eighties. Christopher Cross, yeah. Ambrosia, <laughs> America. Yeah. Um, who else was? Who That's was called that? Yacht Rock. Yacht Rock. I never heard that. Um, yeah. Uh, Michael McDonald. Uh, who else? Uh, no, no, they're, no, they're they a little more classic. Yeah. Seals so, and Croft. Seals and Croft. Uh, uh, Air Supply, stuff like that. That was. That's... Oh, I thought you said Sid and Marty Croft, and yeah. I was like, yeah, that's yeah, HR yeah. Puff and stuff. <laughs> yeah, Is no, that no. Yacht Rock too? <laughs> no, I went to a concert. It was called Sail Rock. Last year at the Sandy Amphitheater, and it was Christopher Cross, Ambrosia, Gary Wright, uh, a couple of the dudes from America, and I was just in heaven. They had they had like a house band, and then each like two guys from each band would come out. <laughs> they'd, they'd play their two hits, and then fuck off, and then the next guy would. I was come gonna say, off. what did Gary Wright play besides Dreamweaver? I mean, was there another song? Yeah, he had another one. He did. Uh, I can't remember what it's called though, uh, but he had two. <laughs> Can't, couldn't tell you what it is. And but. then Robbie Dupree hosted it. He sang Steal Away the Night. Oh, yeah. Why don't we steal away? Yeah. He hosted it because he only had one song. So he had to sing Steal Away and then host the show. This reminds me of uh, <laughs> of this, of the Playtone Records tour from That Thing You Do. You go out, you play your song. If they're still clapping, you get off stage. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Downtown. Yeah. Totally. What's, that's what's that's your guilty pleasure, Marcus? Well, here's the thing. I'm with I'm with both of you. I don't necessarily think that like to me. I don't think like the Carpenters or Chicago is no. a guilty pleasure. I think they're fantastic, well produced music. So do I. I would say that my guilty pleasure is is that. Gosh, I what what like what's on my phone that's a guilty pleasure? Let's do that. Okay, I'm gonna. I'm gonna here's I do, a challenge. I, you know what I do? I do have a, like I'll put I'll put my songs from movies. So like I'll have I have a couple songs from Labyrinth on my phone. But I like don't my, we all? But I like to, yeah, His mic just cut out. Can I? Is my back? Oh, there you are. I think you're back. Okay, it wasn't a technical problem, was it? Stuff like that. I don't know. Okay, um, there you are. But yeah, I, gosh, I mean, every once in a while, there's a there's a, a pop song that I'll get in, stuck in my head and I'll sing it, but I won't necessarily like download it or or invest Buy. in it. Just, I have what's called disposable songs. Like I'll download it, listen to it, and then like, okay, that was fun. Jason Derulo had a song called "Talk Dirty to Me" that I thought was catchy as shit. I yeah, like, I like that song. I downloaded it. Uh, came on my my player a couple times. I was like, okay, done. Yeah, I downloaded the Mark Ronson mystical song, you know, that came out like uh, uh, I don't know a few months back, and yeah, it was the same thing. Then it's gone. Yeah, it's gone. Yeah, but isn't that what? And I, I not to change your subject at all, but isn't that what music is now? Right. I mean, and I hate to say that. There, I mean, there's a few that that, that that come on and and they stick, but most of it is. You're going to listen to it for a couple of weeks, and whether and it's, it's radio or whatever the, it is, it's gone. I and think, you never think about it again. I personally think. And it's not a whole album anymore. It's just one song at a time. That's what I was going to say. That's, the, that's here you go. As soon as you're done, throw it away. We'll put, give you another one. Yeah. The album format's dead. I haven't purchased a whole album in I have no idea how long. And if and, and a lot of artists will say it, too. They're like, we don't record albums anymore because nobody buys them. So we'll put out a song every few months. Yeah. Um, a mixtape. 
Yeah, yeah. So why I I'm the same way. I don't I don't buy albums. You know that same that same thing has affected what we do. It's like comedy. You, you know, when I started comedy, and I'm not saying this is a good thing or a bad thing. I think there's a happy medium. But when I started comedy ten years ago, there were still road dogs coming through doing Clinton bits. You know what I yeah. mean? Nowadays. If you if something happens, by the way, what's on your dress? <laughs> exactly, right? They were still doing that. But nowadays, if you and guy, you know about this. If something hits and you don't comment it, comment on it the day of, you don't comment on it the day of, you're done. Yeah, yeah, don't, yeah. Don't don't make your and you're a, you're a hack because you did it the day after. Yeah, because and comedy shouldn't be like that. I mean, a real good joke and any comic will tell you this takes time to kind of cultivate and work. But isn't that what this this whole social media thing has become though? It's like if you don't have your tweet about your that that thing that's relevant right now, yeah, right, then you missed it. And if you don't have your Instagram picture of the thing that's cool right now, you missed it's it. It's done. Because and and it's, it's too late to do it tomorrow. A couple days ago, the Jared from Subway thing hit, and I saw a tweet. Looks like he's going to be getting more than a six-inch. <laughs> and then I saw 4,000 jokes about six-inch spicy Italians and, and or, you know, whatever. Between uh, six-inch meat between two buns. Blah, blah, blah. And it's, uh, it's like, uh, man, I'm not even... And then I think you you hosted open mic yes, I this did. week, didn't you? you? You made a tweet that was like, can't wait to hear the 5,000 Jared from Subway jokes. And and you know what? There was one. Really? I think even comics, like even newbies are catching on. Like, yeah. I can't even talk about that because it's, it's old already. It's hacked in an hour. <laughs> and, and, it, yeah. and, it, and it does force, I think, comics to look outside the box and say, okay, what is it that we can talk about that's long-lasting? What is mm-hmm. it? You know, look at ourselves. What is it that we can bring? Because otherwise, every single person now is Leno. Doing the, uh, I don't know if you guys saw this today, this is in the news, but uh, uh, Jared from Subway. You know, and then you're like, <laughs> they're going to go Judge Ito. I've never seen you do a Leno. That's pretty good. <laughs> that was pretty good. Pretty good Judge Ito. That was pretty good. I could, yeah, I, just, I, don't, I, don't know I, I don't do what Jimmy Fallon. I just have to, I don't know if you guys saw, uh, saw this. You just got to laugh after everything you say. I don't know if you saw, saw this, but uh, uh, Jared from Subway. Uh, yeah, you know what? And those it, of you who can't see this at home, you're not laughing. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of act outs to that thing. That I'm it's doing very, on it is, it's it's very visual. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, very visual. Anyway, back to the. Uh, sorry, the, no sidetracks. Guilty pleasures. You know what a guilty pleasure of mine is? Hmm. And I learned this, and I only learned it when I went to see a. a I was in Vegas, and I just said, "Go see a, a play, right?" Mm-hmm. It, there's, it's kind of like Broadway, but you go see a play, right? You go see a show, whatever it is in Vegas, and I went to see Mamma Mia. Ah. So I go see Mamma Mia, and I'm like, okay, it's the music of ABBA, all right. And it's got the story, and it's about a girl and a, and a mom, and, and I'm like, I, and then Mamma Mia. And then they go into, you know, every single ABBA, and you know every word, every word. of every song, and you're singing, tapping along, going, how do I know every one of these songs? Just, and you realize, it's like, wow, what an amazing band that, that, that oh, everybody right, knows right. every word of every song, and you're like, wow, that's amazing. I probably So have- ABBA, yeah, I would have to put them in there. I probably have 15 ABBA songs on my phone right now do you really they're so yeah. good did you know this that in like 2007 or something like that i don't know it was a few years back 10 years ago maybe even uh the bbc offered abba one billion dollars to to tour and they were like nah everybody's got their <laughs> hand up one billion dollars they offered him a billion dollars a billion bucks to tour and they fucking turned it down they didn't do it they didn't do it now who was it, it was bjorn it was Bjorn. There were two Bs, and, and the chicks were A's, right? It was yeah. like Annika and... and It was Hergen Fuhr. <laughs> I'm scared from Bergen Hay. They said, Herbert Derbra, I'm not taking it. I won't take his money. Hergen Fuhr the murder. Billions, not enough. The Swedish chef. They offered, they offered them all new Fjord Tauruses. <laughs> and none of them. F- the Fjord Tauruses. They didn't want their homemade Pjorn tape to get oh. released. Hey. Man. Oh. Yeah. All right. uh, Abba. <laughs> Abba's great. <laughs> well, you throw out one. I do. You know what? Okay, fine. I do. I did notice something on my phone. I don't know if this is a guilty pleasure or not, but I do have the main theme from Predator, the actual score from Serious? Predator on my phone. I like that music. I like movie music. I like movie themes, if that's a guilty There's pleasure. There's a song from a movie I've been looking for forever, and I can't find it anywhere. I've Googled the shit out of it. It's in Cheech and Chong's next movie. Mm-hmm. It's when Chong has the motorcycle in the, in the living room of the house, and he's yeah. blowing smoke. Yeah. There's a song called Hell on Wheels playing, and it's like 
it's heavy. Oh, it's yeah, like, I kind of remember that. Yeah. That's right like, before the na 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 na. Do you have Shazam? Yeah, I tried that. During it? It didn't work? It picks up the movie. It just tells you to teach the movie. It's not on the soundtrack. And you've Googled it? You've everything? I've Googled the lyrics. I've Googled everything, but and I can't figure out who it is because it sounds like a legitimately like cool-ass song. Like, not even, like, ironic, like, earache my eye or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, but, no, I can't find it. Okay, so, speaking of, here's a question. I, it's speaking of legitimate stuff, what, is there any songs out there that were made, like, by fictitious bands, by uh, a fake band in a movie that is genuinely a good song? Uh, like, like, uh, like Death Clock, for example. Great albums. That's the Death Clock, mm. an amazing metal band in their cartoons. Right. Yeah. Um, there's a song from Get Him to the Greek uh, called Ring Around the Rosie. That's goddamn, it's the catchiest pop song in the world, but it's talking about taking it in a can. <laughs> sung by uh, Russell Brand? It's a girl. Oh, oh. Uh, and then the very end, because she's making all these like, these, like uh, uh, tongue-in-cheek references to it, mm-hmm. the whole song, and then the very end she's, and I'm talking about my asshole. <laughs> And then the song's over. <laughs> like, would you count Tenacious D as a real band? Or are they? Yeah. Because they started on HBO. I was going to say not starting, but then everybody realized how talented they really were, and then yes, like absolutely Fly the, became. Flight of the, um, the Concords would be in that same yeah, boat. Yeah. I, I, the only thing I can, and I, you're probably going to be like, you're an idiot, but the only thing I can think of is Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park. <laughs> and the robot kiss is on stage doing rip, rip, rip and destroy instead of hot, hot, hotter than hell. But they did rip, rip, rip and destroy, and all the people started going crazy because it was the it was like putting them in a trance. Do you remember this at all? No, I did. I, uh, I'm because <laughs> it wasn't a real kiss. It was it, it was, was robot, robot kiss. kiss. Yeah. So what was Eddie and the Cruisers? <laughs> Who was Eddie and the Cruisers? That was a real band, but they did the was music it before for... that. Uh, the band was somebody like th- wasn't that. I the... think we know. And the brown. Something brown. Yes, yeah, uh, uh, the Beaver, Be- Beaver, Beaver brown, brown Band or something. Um, what's his name? It's, it's, uh, John something. John Fogarty in the, the Beaver. No, <laughs> John. Uh, John. So- yeah, yeah. That's who it was. Like but they were Eddie and the Cruisers in that movie. I think. I re- yeah, I remember yeah. it from uh, the, the episode of Celebrity Jeopardy when uh, Jimmy Fallon was doing French Stewart and he went, "It's uh, John Fair in the Beaver Brown Band for two hundred." Thanks, Alex. Huh? I just remember that. You just remember that. I, but I don't remember what the last name what was. was. The, what was the, they had like an inspirational like Karate Kid song, uh, the Beaver Brown Band. What the hell was it? Hearts on Fire. No, that's Survivor from Rocky No, Four. no, Hearts on Fire wasn't, wasn't Survivor. Hearts on Fire was the guy from the Beaver Brown Band. Are you um, sure? Yeah, I think I have it on my phone. Let me, I let me... also have Everybody Rocky Everybody reach on my for phone. their phone. I have Rocky on my phone, and I believe Hearts on Fire is on I think Firehouse should redo that. Reach for your phone. Yep. <laughs> Hearts on Fire, John Cafferty. John, John Cafferty, Cafferty and the Beaver Brown Beaver Band. Brown. That's who it was. Was yeah. he also the one that sang No Easy Way Out uh, on this album? I, I don't know. You got us there. There's no easy way out. There's no unbearable. 80s, 80s montage, mm. like get pumped songs or yes. best. H- hands down, I will say Rocky Four. I keep songs from Rocky. I have the training montage from Rocky do you really? on my phone that I listen to at the gym. <laughs> do you grow a beard just to do it? Yeah, he, does, he doesn't use equipment when he's there. He's picking up he like... Just, Blocks. He just goes out in the snow, picks up things. <laughs> you are a machine. He's lifting logs over his head. Yeah, I do the drive and Drago workout. I, I run around and like on the machines, and I punch the the punching oh, bags yeah. as he goes by. Yeah, the <laughs> Dolph Lundgren. That's what you do. Okay, so, I'm sorry, I got us off. I I don't even remember what we were talking about. Movie movie uh, uh, songs. So. Songs that were from movies or that were yeah. So the Beaver Brand Band, the '80s montage songs. What was the big one? You're the best. Around. Uh, some, Joe Esposito. Joe Esposito. Yeah. I always want to say I want to say Joe Piscopo, but that's something totally. Di- that's a different level of cheese. <laughs> totally. Yeah. My wow. favorite though is uh, is Estevez. watching Hot Rod, and he makes fun of all of that stuff. Remember yeah. when he does the? What is it when he goes in any any? From Footloose, when he goes and he does the thing, the dance, the dance, the yeah, dance punch, 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 punch dancing. Dance, yeah. Yes, that that gets me we every were time. Just trying to figure out the song. We heard it in uh, Sunny from Philadelphia. Me and Danny, we heard the song. That's the one that's a uh, take it to the limit, past the point of no. Oh, the Scarface. That's okay. To the limit. Scarface is one of the best movies of all time, take with the, the worst three minutes. In cinematic history, in the middle of it, which is the which it, one? The take it to the limit montage is probably the worst thing in a movie ever, and it's in the middle of Scarface. Chukare <laughs> Parlingman. 
Carmine. I'm not going to try to do it. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're all like, Chukare we're Parling, man. We're all going to do it. Chukare Parling with right the 30 minute montage. You listen to that song. <laughs> you, you watch it again. You love me in the morning. That's okay. <laughs> we have we have a real impressionist in the room. So yes, I'm not, we do. I'm not even gonna the rest like, of us pale in comparison. Oh, get like, it out. like a walk-in. Like I've, there's been times where I've wanted to make a walk-in reference when Marcus is in the room, you and I'm can't. like, I am walk-in, <laughs> and then and then he you're ju- a robot. That was a, that was a perfect walk-in robot. And then he jumps in with a real walk-in impression. I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot. Yeah. Does Christopher have any uh, guilty pleasures that, that you could oh, think of? Sure, he does. He listens to all the songs. Uh, you know, Demi Lovato is very good. <laughs> I, I, you know, ever since she was, you know, left Bruce Willis, she's really come into her own. <laughs> See? And that's why. That's why. That's why. But speaking of this, uh, Marcus and I do an impression show that's yes, going to be do. playing this weekend, this Friday, mm-hmm. at Wise Guys West Valley. If you're in Utah and you're listening to this, get your tickets to that. Friday, I'm going to be on Saturday. Marcus will be there both nights. I'm going to be there uh, Friday only. We do this show where I play guitar, and Marcus sings as uh, what we probably do. In this smaller version, we probably do 30 different impressions. No, we'll no probably more now, probably yeah, we'll 40, pro- 50. Yeah. Is this the show you kind of did at the at the uh, Comedy Cares Christmas show? Yeah. The shorter version? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fantastic, though. If you have not seen this yet, you need to go to this show, <laughs> and it will amaze you. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really fun, you know. I I really like the the ability to kind of play with all the different styles mm-hmm. and and different things. Because what you know, when you when we're on this show, you talk about so many different types of music, and there's really nothing that would have allowed us to do like country and hip hop and R and B and the '70s and '80s and '90s and everything all together. Yeah. Other than this, so it's really fun. Well, I gotta say, the first time uh, I think I, I don't know if we had ever met you before, but the first time ever, like, kind of talked to Marcus and. Talked to, he was in a, what was the band called? It was uh, <laughs> Rune. Rune. Yes, he was in a band called Rune, and it was in a, in a battle of the bands up at Ogden Amphitheater. I was wearing a, a skirt. You were wearing a, was it a kilt it or just a, a skirt? It was a kilt, but let's call it a skirt. Oh, it was a it skirt. Was, it's it a was, skirt. Yeah. yeah. Here in America, skirt. it's a skirt. It yeah. was a man skirt. Let's just let's say, fair. balls were a, flying. I had a mohawk, and boy, was I rock and roll. And it was, it was, it was, <laughs> it was screaming loud. I mean, it was, it was good. It was really good. And then, and then we kind of talked to him. Like wow, and to to hear him do like all the different styles of you know from Sinatra to to you know the the I'm trying to think of who else I mean, we do I mean we do like I mean Sinatra to Pearl corn Jam to corn to everything yeah everything yeah Garth Brooks it's it's amazing it's it's, it's it's awesome it's very entertaining I and I I like being kind and, of and and for some reason you obviously are up there playing guitar and I don't even say anything and I'm sorry because well, you you, know, you no. are the heart of it yeah well, no let me speak on this a lot of people don't remember this I cringe people don't really understand how like comics get when you get two or three years out from an idea mm-hmm. like I don't know if you're like me if you think back like four years ago and you go oh my god I told that joke on yeah. stage yeah, 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 oh yeah. Jesus <laughs> <laughs> the very first time I wanted to do this show I had um, a guy a DJ uh, very talented DJ Sayo uh, edit together karaoke tracks into these montages of music medleys medleys yeah and they were gonna like and and I tried to do it like that and it was well you booked so... we booked the show that's that's the shitty part is the it show was, was booked so bad uh, so you actually did it with the karaoke tracks these mo- and it was just me singing with music now the I, it didn't blend right so. I'm like this. I, I I hated it. I hated it. I it, it to me like I think about it. I just cringe because it was such a disconnect from the music. Guy says, "Oh, let me see what I can do," and goes and learns a hundred songs on guitar, puts them together in a medley. He's like, "Well, these are the ones that are in D, and these are this, and we can lead into this. And if we do this, and he puts together like like it, it's it, people don't really realize how much writing went into the music of mm-hmm. this." And Guy actually not only learned how to do this, came up with his own medleys, his own versions, mm-hmm. applied songs that were from piano, songs sure. that were pop songs, into acoustic guitar. And I know I'm blow. I, I, we sound like we're just doing an ad now, but I really have to tell people, you, you don't understand that how much time went into being the music producer and writer of this show. And it's really impressive it is. what Guy's done. He's, he's like the, the musical I like being, genius. I like being yeah, the yeah. sideman. Like well, no, in and this that, show, but but at the same time, when you're doing the show, you guys interact with each other. We do interact. It's you not do, like I'm and that's what's fun about it. Yeah, yeah that's what's fun. about It's it. very free flowing yeah. in that. But the 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 like, it gets to me. It doesn't get to me, but like after the show, it's weird because I know I'm this the 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 Garfunkel, so to speak, 
And <laughs> you're no one's Garfunkel. You're the so, Simon. No, you're the guitar okay player. Because this, this, the, the show is about the vocal impressions. So afterward, and I, and I almost prefer this, once in a while somebody will come up, because everybody comes up and tells them how great his voice is. That's fine. It is. It's amazing. But then once in a while somebody will come up and be like, dude, you're a great guitar player. And then I'm like, thank you. That's awesome. That's what I like about this show is the, I don't want to hear it from everybody, but the one or two people that play when they say you're a good guitar player, then I'm and, like, oh, and you need to awesome. follow Guy on Instagram because you can see him playing guitar from like the '80s and '90s. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The pictures I've been posting. Sassy. I posted a picture on Instagram the other day, a Throwback Thursday picture of uh, I got a Fender Stratocaster in 1997, and I'm playing it, and I got shorts, socks pulled up damn near to my knees. Yeah, yeah. you do. Sandals. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got that '90s hair part in the middle. In the middle. Yeah. Speaking of, I want to ask you guys this: What is something? Because you mentioned the way you looked in the band back in those days. Think yeah. of another one. What's something you look back on that you did for a band, for a show, for a look, for a time period that you just like? <laughs> I have a picture. I have a picture. Somebody, a, a buddy of mine, sent me. I was in a band years ago. What, uh, what were you doing in the band? I was singing. Okay. And it was a band called Hostile. Actually, this was before Hostile, but we were in a, I was in a band called TNA, the new attitude we called it, but TNA. And it was the, uh, I think it was when Corey Glover was doing the, the body glove. It oh, was yeah. actually the wetsuit shorts. So right, I was right, wearing right, the right. body glove shorts. And, 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 and body glove shorts on a hot stage <sighs> with hot lights, <sighs> it just does not mix. And you have swass and, and sweaty balls from <laughs> hell by the second song. And you're standing back there going behind the drums going, oh, God, give me some air. Give me some air. <laughs> But it, but it, you know. So you wore the body gloves. So I wore the shorts. body glove shorts. Yeah, and I had the the long hair, and then wore the hat with the with the brim pointed oh, up, kind of like the up. anthrax. Yeah, the anthrax, kind of that, and it was just like yeah, it was just a mix of that. Were you one of the guys? Were you one of the guys that beat up Keanu Reeves in Point Break? <laughs> <laughs> that would be a waste of time. <laughs> I I was in I was in okay, a band yes. as well. We were all in bands. Probably this is probably like 2000, <laughs> 99, 2000-ish, when new metal was hitting. Mm-hmm. Uh, somewhere there's a picture of me wearing these big baggy camouflage pants, but they were like pink and red and black camouflage. Oh like, yeah. And then I had a net shirt. I had my fingernails painted. I had my uh, wait, like net, like like half shirt, like net, like like it was made out of like fishing net. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and then I had. Spiky hair, which was cool then, and then uh, this is the worst. Okay, eyeliner for one, and then I just had a line going down my face, like three quarters of the way down, like over an eye down the cheek. Just I don't know what it was. It was just a line because I thought that was cool. Okay, and and somewhere somebody has a picture of that, and I hope that person has passed away. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I. I mean, you saw me in the band. I there was a period of time where I, I found like a black camouflage kilt, and I wore that with these big boots, and I'd shave my head and I'd paint my face, I, whatever. I, but that was—I mean, we were in a metal band. I'm more disgusted with what I did just as like when I was in like eighth and ninth grade. I was really into hip hop. Yeah, because in a band, you at least have an excuse. You have an excuse, but like there was a period of time in ninth grade where I wore backwards pants, and wore a Chicago White Sox jersey backwards. Warm it up, Chris. Exactly. I, had lines. Warm it up, Chris. I shaved lines in my <laughs> eyebrows. Uh, I, was the, I was the toughest gangster at Indian Hills Middle School in Sandy. Daddy Mark will make you jump, exactly. jump. <laughs> this, I was showing Guy this. This is the, my three pictures from high school. And this one on the right, that's my sophomore picture. How... <sighs> What a, that, yeah. Did you ever see any of your lunch money? <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever eat? <laughs> yeah. That's, you see, you were so skinny because everybody took your lunch money every day. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was, it was bad. What year was that? 91? Yeah, 1992. Two, 92, okay. Wow. Yeah, I had a few of those but like outside of the band. Right, okay. Yeah, when I was in when I was in junior high, I I used to wear oof, and this was this was later than when it was cool. <laughs> I had I had the 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 cow the black cowboy boots, but with like studs and like the chains around them, oh, like yeah. yeah, like 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 Guns and Roses oh, '87. Yeah. But I, I was wearing this shit in '93. Okay, and and junior high, I remember walking I around like, thinking what? I was a badass. What? And this is mid grunge, like grunge had already wiped out what I was doing, yeah. and I, but I no, I was hanging on. I had the you, good, boots. good for you. Yeah, because I'm a lot older than you guys, because I was wearing the actual the, the cowboy boots over the top of the jeans, 
with the chains and and the, and the whole thing at Rafters playing when you know. it was cool. Yeah, well, I guess. Yeah, Kinda. yeah. Rafters is a thing that that a lot of people don't know about in Salt Lake. I I was too young to experience it, but I had a cousin that was in a local band. Mm-hmm. Rafters was like the yeah. rock bar. It here. was. That's where all the like when that whole late eighties, early nineties, oh yeah, hair thing. All the bands went there. I was like, yeah. I wish I could yeah. have been there. Been a lot no, of I I, me- I remember because that's when I was in my band Hostile, and we opened for Wildside. I mean, that's where Killer Dwarfs and I mean all those bands played at Rafters. My buddy's band was called Hard, or my cousin's band Hard, was called Hard Knocks. Yeah, I saw Theron just the other day somewhere. I can't, can't remember uh, where it was. He was a drummer, uh, and they they opened for Pantera at Rafters, wow. and they said there was like forty people there. Isn't that stupid? Because it was like pre, it was like before Cowboys from Hell, right? Like was released. They were just touring to get there, and then and it was before the album hit, and then boom, biggest band of the nineties. Yeah, but. I remember other bad like Bad Boys, Wolfgang. Um, you, trying to think of all, some of the other bands over there, they'll be like, "Why didn't you mention us, man?" I'm with you. I was the <laughs> same age as you, and I remember being like 18, 19, hanging out but by Cottonwood Mall, and you'd see like raft, you know, and it was one of those places. It looked like. Uh, like the the beginning of Roadhouse, where they're at the good bar that Dalton's cleaned up. <laughs> and every, everybody's driving yes. a Porsche, and yeah. there's just right. women in skin tight dresses coming right. out, and, and you would just go, "What's going? Is it a slaughter video in there? What's happening inside what? yeah. there?" Yeah, uh, I never, yeah. I wish I, I wish I could have, have yeah. experienced those. And that days. was up at the power plant by the. Is that still oh, a what? thing? Cottonwood Mall. That's yeah. That's what yeah. I was thinking. Raft, yeah. Yeah, Rafters was down in Murray on like 48th and. Is it still there? Is it still no, a, it's, it's a building. I think it's a car dealer or something right, right. else is I know, there. I know the bar's just, not there. Yeah. Rafters was down there. I was thinking of the power plant. Yeah, That's power right. plant. All right, we're going to wrap up. I, I remember, I think I saw somebody get pregnant at the power plant. Uh, it, was the, it was the John Karabi Motley Crue show. Uh, remember when John Karabi sang for Motley Crue for best, a little while? Best album Motley Crue ever released was with John Karabi. Shut your pie hole. Well, really? Okay, no, 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 no. And then he joined no, the jazz. no. Uh, shout out the devil was, but the Karabi album okay. was amazing. Hooligans Holiday it was yes, pretty good. It was great. It was very, it was very current. Uh, we're gonna wrap up here shortly, but I want to ask you guys a couple more questions before we do. Okay. Best concert you've ever been to? I know you've been to a lot. We've all been to a lot. Of wow. Them. Mine, um, mine was not even a year ago. I'm gonna, I've got, I've got. I'm just gonna say the best concert I've ever been to, and I've seen so many shows of my favorite bands, and I, I, it, it's a show that I. Wanted to go to, but it was like, okay, I'll go. I got to go see this. Uh, probably the best, most amazing, talented, best show I've ever been to is Paul McCartney. You know what's funny? Paul McCartney. That's mine. I saw him in August of this year. Really? Or, or last year, 2014. Okay. He came out, and one, one he's a legend. Yeah. I mean, there's nobody more legendary living than Paul McCartney. And I, and I was never like the biggest Beatle fan either. I was like, okay, I like the Beatles. But it was like when he's sitting there playing them, and it's like magic. It's oh, you're watching it's him going, okay, I can see why this guy is 70 years old and you are still mesmerized amazing. by every step he takes. When I saw him, he was well, 72. You mean the double that replaced him after what? he died. What? <laughs> I saw that video. We watched those right, videos. He died in 69 in, in Abbey Road. But yeah. No, he came out last year when I saw him. He was 72 years old, didn't have an opener, mm-hmm. came out, did a three-hour show. He would play his guitar, run up to the piano, play the piano, come down, grab a bass, Grab an acoustic guitar. Did he play the mandolin for Here the Comes mandolin. the Sun? Yep. Yeah. And he didn't, his voice wasn't, it, he hasn't lost nothing. anything on his voice. Nothing. Three hours. I'm sure, I'm sure when he got off stage, they put him on a stretcher with oxygen. And didn't you seriously, when it was over, go, he could have played for another three hours because there's, there's so many songs you're going, I didn't, and you he didn't everyone. play, but he didn't play. Yeah. So, anyway. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I, I was like, I'm in the same room as the Beatle. I'm like, yeah. fan in my face. Other than the, uh, the, uh, the, the, the first show Kiss did when they came back. And took their makeup or put the makeup back in on. In '96, I saw that show, and that, that was, was a that great was, show with yeah. the Hunger opening. Uh, what's yours, Mario? I would say I, I have a couple. Uh, my my number one is every time I've ever seen Prince. I've seen Prince mm-hmm. three times. I sat second did, row at the Hit and Run tour, and he did the same thing. He did it bug you though when he did the medley? Nah, you know what? Dude, of like 1999, Purple Rain. You're like, no, these are the ones I want to hear. Dude has. <laughs> <laughs> Look, if he can do a medley so he can throw in bat dance for me okay. at some point, yeah, I'm good. good. Point, good point. Um, he's amazing. He played every instrument on the stage. He's an amazing performer. Um, Harry Connick Jr., Ooh. live at the Union Ballroom at the U with like 200 people when he did that funk album, She. Wow. And he, I watched him 
do a jam where he started on the piano, moved to the organ, moved to the drums, moved to the guitar, moved to a horn, moved to a bass, played every instrument on the stage in a 20-minute jam and never missed a beat on one of them. He's unbelievable. Yeah. And then Lollapalooza 2003, where I got to see Perfect Circle, Audio Slave, like Jurassic 5. Wow. It was like Incubus. And it was this... Uh, uh, Chris Cornell <laughs> and Maynard did um, What's So Funny About Peace, Love, and Understanding, Acoustic, those two on stage together. Wow. And when I was done, I could die. I saw that's Maynard awesome. and Chris Cornell sing, and I was done. So those, that, those that are it, my That's three. big. I'll never forget the first Incubus show I went to. And I was, I was there, and I'm like, yeah, and I'm standing up, and everybody's sitting down. I'm like, why are these people sitting down? I'm like, yeah. And then you'd see a light, and then a puff of smoke down on the floor, and then, poof, and then a puff of smoke on the floor. I'm like, what is going on? And, and then about 10 minutes later, I'm like, yeah, let's just sit down. Man. And then we were all just sitting down and watching Incubus. <laughs> I'll tell you what, when when um, when Incubus got on stage, I got up and I went like to go to the bathroom, get something. And the guys from Jurassic Five had just gotten off stage and they were just hanging out. And he opened up this cigarette case of just joints. <laughs> and he just pulls one out. And this cop's just staring at him. He's like, what's up, man? And he starts smoking. And so we just went over and talked to him and just got to smoke. It was great. That's so. awesome. Cover songs that are better better than the original, I'm going to go with uh, oh, wow. uh, Come Together by Aerosmith. That's the ultimate better than the original. Really? Johnny Cash Hurt. I'll agree with that. Uh, I don't know. Marilyn Manson, Tainted Love. There's a song. That is a good one. Okay, this is a stretch. Uh, There's a, a, uh, who's the guy? Um, uh, Leonard Cohen? No, Tom 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 Waits. Waits? He he had a song called Hang on St. Christopher. Uh, It was redone by a terrible band called the Bullet Boys, and it's the one of the best covers I've ever heard in my life. Really? Yeah, check it out. Hang on St. Christopher. Well, I I mean, you know, the Hallelujah that everybody's familiar with. the by Jeff Buckley is a cover. That's a cover by Leonard Co- Leonard Cohen yeah, originally yeah. saying that. That I mean, it's hard to say because I mean, the Beatles that could go on did for a days. lot of covers, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Like you know, well, Led Zeppelin did every every song was a cover. cover. Any yeah. Bob Dylan cover is better than the original, right? Um, <laughs> uh, but I would say off the off the top of my head, the one that connects the most, I think. Johnny Cash found, and it, at the timing, the part of his life, the when mm-hmm. it came out, the video, there's such an emotional core to hurt that that Reznor touched on, but Johnny mm-hmm. Cash perfected, and I think that's a yeah. that's a big thing. And when you can hear actually somebody, their emotions, their voice crack, yeah. you can almost see him crying yeah. in their voice. And, and, like, and you know amazing. he's dying. Like He, he yeah. knows, we know, yeah. that that's his last yeah. swan song, I'm out, and yep. that's the thing. And on that, that note, a good one. That is episode six of the Dirt Pod podcast. Thank you guys so much. Who knows? We might do this again next time. We'll see you guys later. Bye.